0: Hey, what's up, everyone? Happy Friday. This is the Mission Daily. And on Fridays, we're going to start doing the best, where we cover the best of what we're reading, doing, giving you the -the behind-the-scenes look at building the mission, telling some stories, talking about what we're listening to, podcasts, movies, what's going on at the mission studios, you name it. So in today's episode, we're going to be covering some really cool but crazy books, some music that I doubt you've heard of before, maybe you have, and some other good stuff. Steph, what's up?
1: Hey, happy Friday, everyone. Excited to be here and do another episode of The Best.
0: Let's do it. So today's episode is brought to you by Twilio Signal. On October 17th through the 18th, the mission is going to be On Location at Signal. That's a conference that covers the future of communications, AI, bots, and it's going to be all about how business communications are changing and how you can keep up. We're going to be there. I've talked a little bit about the uh, microsites that we're building, bestpodcast.com and podcast.ai and in order to get the machine learning and bots component right we have to get out in the field where the best of the best are hanging out and that's why we're going to be there so shout out to twilio for sponsoring the mission daily and helping make all of this possible for you
1: and don't forget to use our promo code when you buy the twilio signal conference tickets if you go to signal.twilio.com use the code mission20 and you can get 20 percent off your tickets definitely
0: so the best of what we're reading this week so kind of overwhelm myself with the amount of reading I have to do. So we have, and I say have to do because it's something that you got to force yourself to do it sometimes. You, you, know, you don't feel like it is easier to just turn on the TV. And yet with reading, when you do it, you always feel better afterwards. I feel better anyways. I'm always glad I did it. Whereas a movie or something, you know, sometimes you finish it, you feel a little tired, a little drained. And I don't have as much energy as I do when I finish a book. Especially so,
1: if it's a bad movie and you stuck with the whole thing because you felt like you were invested. And then afterwards you're like, Oh, that was two hours of my life down the drain.
0: Yeah. And that's, um, I think, an important skill that people can practice on their own, however they see fit, is to stop watching bad things, of practicing getting up and leaving in the start of the movie. If the start, if you're not into it, leave. Same thing with books. You know, practice opting out. It's, you're not, you know, just because you bought a ticket or something like that, you don't have to watch the whole thing. And that's something that I actually learned from my mom, who was famous for, starting to watch a movie with everybody, even family members. And if she didn't like it, she would just leave. And it would it would cause a huge up, uproar with people. Oh, my God. Like, is Cindy OK? What's she doing? Good job, it's Mama like,
1: Grills. Show people what's up.
0: Yeah, she's like, no, I just didn't want to keep sitting there watching it. And it's not like we were talking together as a family or you know, a group of friends or anything. So it's not like I was uh, missing anything. That was her argument. But anyways, back to what I'm reading. So we have the book club coming up on August 16th. And uh, if you don't know, the mission has a book club where we try to read one book every two weeks. And the book we're reading is Walt Disney. It's called The Triumph of the American Imagination. So it's a biography of Walt Disney written by Neil Gabler. And I started it, but it is a beast. It's 600 pages and it's fascinating. But at the same time, that's a big book. And for some reason, I picked another really large book to start reading at the same time, which is called Shakespeare, The Invention of the Human by Harold Bloom. And those are big undertakings. I don't know if I'm going to be able to finish them on time. Might have to put the Shakespeare one aside and uh, double down on the Walt Disney book. But either way, that's a that's a fun challenge.
1: Yeah, I like the comments on our Facebook when we picked the Walt Disney book of people being like, oh, my gosh, this is huge. I better jump in and start <laughs> like now. That's a lot to read in two weeks. I mean, for some people, for you, maybe not. But for me,
0: no, no, no. it's it's a huge. Yeah, That's a lot. Yeah, it's a huge amount. I yeah, I, I don't even I don't know if I'm going to be able to finish it. Hopefully I can. But yeah, there's an Audible book that is uh 10 hours and 10 minutes and just you know that's a lot of, a lot of time but hey if you're listening at 3x speed that's only 3.33 or 3.3 3.5 let me do the math something like that hours
1: and if you think about it, if you commute what two hours a day like a lot of people um in san francisco do yeah that's like what five days or so
0: yeah it's not I mean, not, not bad. much at all so yeah whether it's the audiobook or. The kindle or the physical book i would check that out the book club discussions are getting better and better and the comments from those that tune in for the live stream are always just really fun and dynamic because you never know what's coming and you never know who's gonna drop in and yeah start talking about things so true and the shakespeare book i picked because i had done a little bit of prep for the russ roberts interview that we recently had on the mission daily and in russ's essay he just brought up one of my favorite favorite quotes from Shakespeare of all time, which is from Hamlet. And it's when um, Hamlet is basically schooling Horatio on the limits of his imagination, insight, and everything like that. And he says to him, there are more things in heaven and earth than are dreamed of in your philosophy, Horatio. And Russ was using that quote in his essay to kind of showcase that it's really important that we admit to the limits of our own mental faculties and imagination and personal experiences and everything like that. And when we humble ourselves into that, we realize that other people might have incredibly valuable insights that are far outside the scope of our philosophy, of our worldview. And it's um, just an excellent quote. And then the premise of that book is fascinating. So do you know what the premise of that book is? I was just going to ask you if you have some
1: key takeaways or what's it about?
0: So the radical idea of the Harold Bloom book is pretty staggering but he makes he he pretty much makes a case that human consciousness and imagination flourished after people read Shakespeare so it was literally a way of bootstrapping human consciousness and i believe that that's what the writers of westworld were alluding to when the robots all became sentient at the mention of the shakespearean lines hmm. that's actually harold bloom's argument in Uh, movie form. That's basically what he's saying. I didn't even
1: catch on to that in Westworld.
0: Yeah. So that's a Shakespeare line when the robots start whispering to each other that these violent delights have violent ends. And that spurs a bootstrapping of their their consciousness and sentience. And that's what Harold Bloom was saying (laughs) in his book is that humans started becoming more human because we're always, there's epigenetic change. We're always evolving. Our consciousness is always expanding and there might not be a limit and upper bounds to how powerful the human mind can become. A lot of people are waiting for AI. I am not so bullish on that as I'm way more bullish on biological life and humans. I think that we have unexplored powers and capabilities that no one's dreamed of yet. So these these are really interesting and, and in my mind, undervalued books that are both about the powers of imagination.
1: That's great. It's so fun. All the little secrets that can be found in different shows or movies that you don't even catch on to or maybe our audience is like stephanie we caught on to that but you didn't but (laughs) i'm like i didn't even know that was what it meant i just thought that was just a thing they were saying and
0: (laughs) it might not but i have a strong feeling that it does and the fun thing about these like exercises and uh mental gymnastics and stuff like that so many people are scared of speculation because it's obviously scary to propose or advance radical or not so radical ideas like this because you could be wrong or people are like oh you're speculating there's a lot of uh stigmas and fears against that. But you don't have to worry about that because any type of attacks are going to either make you stronger or you're going to be exposed as, oh, that was wrong. Maybe that wasn't the case. Maybe Lisa Joy and Jonathan Nolan are out there in an interview talking about how the inspiration was something different. It doesn't matter because at the end of the day, I've you know got to let my mind run wild thinking of new things. And it's not, you know, mental gymnastics isn't a bad thing mental workouts are great so if you view them in a negative light you can stop yourself or worry about them too much but if you view them in a positive light which they are uh i mean it's a powerful thing and i think that the more we can you know glorify and celebrate exercising the mind the better that we're going to be the happier that we're going to be the more you know presence we're going to be able to bring to each other and our friends and family and stuff so
1: Yep, agree. Yeah, I was just about to say, even if you're wrong, it's probably helping build your creativity. So Definitely. it's a win-win no matter what.
0: Definitely. So that's so those are our two books and you are reading a really cool book. I want to get to it, but I have no zero time. So
1: Yeah, you really don't have time. Yeah, so the book I'm reading is The Geography of Genius. I'm trying to think of what the author's name is. Eric something. Uh, listeners. It's a W. It's I know, a, a, tell a me who it is. Something. Tweet yeah. at us. I, I'll remember right when we get off here. But the book is really cool. I can sum it up in a little quote. Um, Eric says, geniuses do not pop up randomly. One in Siberia, another in Bolivia, but in groupings. Genius clusters. So basically, Eric is traveling around the world trying to figure out why these genius clusters happened. So he goes to places like, of course, Silicon Valley, or he goes to Athens, and he's trying to figure out what happened during this time and place for why the whole culture flourished. And there were so many good things that came out of here. And why is it not happening today? So when he goes, you know, to Greece and he's like, whoa, what happened here? You guys used to be so great. He's trying to look for the traits that built up that genius culture and all the inventions and ideas and philosophies that came out of certain areas. So I'm like 70% through right now. And it's really great, really interesting just to think about and kind of look around to see how different groupings are forming and where the next hotspot could be, you know, whether in the U.S. or abroad. So really interesting.
0: That's fascinating. And there are a bunch of really fun examples. I can't wait to see if these are in the book. I might get this mixed up, but so Albert Hoffman, the inventor of LSD, who first synthesized it, was a uh, a genius. He was a pioneer, and he grew up in a small town in Switzerland. That's where he was doing the majority of his, his research. And across town was Carl Jung, who was actively experimenting with what he called active imagination and psychology and just really crazy, you know, deep things. And it's, there was a famous quote I like, that was basically talking about how these two were doing their research at the same time and it's almost as if one half of town knew what the other half was doing whereas Carl Jung was pursuing very traditional means of exploring consciousness and Albert Hoffman was exploring the creation of new types of catalysts for the imagination and things like that and it's uh whether it was young it might not be Carl Jung it might be Einstein but either case you get the idea and I think that this is fascinating and that's why it's one of the reasons we moved to silicon valley there are some major trade-offs and obviously cost of living is uh can be intimidating but it's mainly just housing and there are just fascinating people all around so
1: yeah something interesting he talked about which i don't know if einstein and all them were friends or not but he was saying at least in silicon valley people are near each other but they're kind of loose relationships where you don't feel bad if you like kind of offend someone on their idea and you're like that's not good enough or i'm going to build off of that You have a lot of these loose relationships where you can talk to someone see what they're working on hear what they're up to but then also go and do your own thing and not feel bad burning little mini bridges if you have to to spur more innovation on your end i thought that was interesting because i could see that especially up in the city happening where you know you go out with someone and hang out with them for a little bit but maybe you don't see them for a couple months because you're not that great of friends but you can just keep building off the ideas around you and learning a lot in the process
0: And one of the things that is my favorite part of this town too is the uh, type of honesty that you'll get from different people. Oh, yeah. So you'll get honesty, aggression, anger, uh, a lot of really harsh feedback on different things and different ideas. And I love this because the best motivational speeches or inspire, you know, things that have really inspired me to action, they haven't come from people just giving me, like, oh, this is really cool. That's good. They've come from either people saying, Uh, I don't think you're even wrong. I think you're stupid. Your idea is stupid and you're an idiot. And on the other end, they've come from people who have really, really, you know, challenged me and said, no, 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 you're onto something. This is big. This is big. Keep going like you. And those two extremes are really undervalued places to get inspiration, to keep going on this Friday or this month or this year with your big projects.
1: agree, yeah, that's one of my favorite things out here. Maybe hurtful sometimes, but still one of my favorites to have those type of people around who can push you even if it makes you mad in the moment.
0: That's where growth happens. Exactly.
1: All right, you wanna move on to what we're listening to? I can start with this one.
0: Yeah, go for it.
1: So this one's fun because this guy's music could be maybe included in some of our upcoming podcasts. So it'd be pretty fun if some of our listeners, you guys should tweet and pick out the song that you think we're going to use of his for our upcoming podcast that we have. Um, But it's We Plants Are Happy Plants. That's what you Google, or that's what you type in on YouTube. And it's by this guy, Peter. And his music is so fun and uplifting. I just put it on while I'm working. And it's just really great background music. And of course, podcasting music.
0: It really is. I think Peter is doing... uh... A lot of innovative things and his channel is great i've been following it for a while and i'm really excited to get a chance to you know finally be in a position where we can at the mission support independent artists like this in our own way and i'm really really excited about that uh, and, and honored to be supporting his work because it's ahead of its time it's really cool
1: agree i love it all right what are you listening to
0: uh, a couple of things so uh bon ivor he has a uh, Uh, or the group I'm not I'm not sure if it's a group or a single artist Uh, an album called 22 a million it's very very different very unique and uh, I'm listening to Midas which is a uh, an artist that I've mentioned a couple times in the newsletter but he has some really cool music and yeah that's the music I'm listening to right now
1: that's awesome all right so go check it out let us know what you all think about the different types of music we're listening to and what podcast song we could be using And
0: a quick update about the Mission Studios. So that's basically what we call our uh, group of creatives and our team that creates world-class branded content for companies. So when we have a sponsorship with the Story podcast or with the Mission Daily or with any of the uh, four or five upcoming podcasts that we have that we're in production with right now, we partner with a world-class company doing cool things. And we've partnered with Salesforce. We've partnered with... FEMO Education, another department inside Salesforce, the Salesforce Lightning Platform, a construction technology called Katera that's doing fascinating things to make uh, housing more f- affordable, ultimately, which is something that we all want. And uh, Twilio now. So the Twilio Signal Conference is coming up. You've already heard the details, and we're going to be there. So use the promo code Mission20 if you want to come, and you can head over to signal.twilio.com to get your tickets. And I'm really excited. I like being put in a situation where I'm intimidated because I know so little about the topic. And this is a case where I don't know <laughs> hardly uh, you know, a fraction of a fraction of what some of these developers and experts and CTOs and leaders in you know, these fields know. So that's going to be an awesome place to get outside my comfort zone and start to figure out how little I know.
1: Yeah, it's going to be so fun. I can't wait to see who we meet there and yeah, it's just gonna be a great time. So hopefully we see you all there and let us know if you enjoyed this episode. It was a short, short and sweet um, and we'll see you on Monday.
0: See you on Monday.